Hello. We just jumped on to share some very exciting news. We have had a very, very um, exciting day and we're buzzing a little bit to the point where I think we've just sort of overloaded and wanted to fall asleep. (laughs) (laughs) Peak too early. We're doing like a 10-day run-up to the launch of our pants, which is why we're here, because we are now taking pre-orders, which is super exciting to be dispatched the first week of April. But yeah, we're peaking a bit early, aren't we? We've still got like eight days to go. Oh, dear. Yeah, guys, you can now order our knickers. Please support us. We've set ourselves a goal of 200 pants for pre-orders. We've got a special promotion at the moment, which is buy one, get one free. So you can get yourself a pair and you can get a pair to gift to one of your brave friends who needs a bit of a lift right now. If you just enter the code FINDYOURBRAVE at checkout once you've gone through shipping, we'll put it below as well. But yes, please, we're excited. It's amazing. We're off. These knickers are going to be sent out start of April. And aha, the day has actually come. Mm, (laughs) Happened. Yeah. And what is doubly exciting, I guess, is that and well-timed, is that we have Julie on the podcast with us, which we're just going to go into now, who is the magic behind the charity that we're supporting. So you're going to find out more about them and meet her. She's wonderful. You're going to love her. Off we go. Welcome to the Brave Bird Club podcast. My name is Sarah Oakley. And my name is Lucy Burgess. This show is all about courage, hope, pants and pants. So pull up your brave bird pants and let's get talking. Right, we have a very special guest on this episode. We have the magic behind our chosen charity, My Sister's House, who is Julie Budge. How are you, Julie? Hello, my lovelies. It's lovely to be here today. I'm so excited. I always love talking, so you're in. I'm in the right place. She's here. Woohoo! Okay, so I'm going to let everyone know who's listening what we're covering um, in this episode, and then we'll get stuck in, find out a bit more about you, Julie. So, Julie Budge is an award-winning founder and CEO of My Sister's House Women's Centre. She's got over 30 years working in various leadership roles in the Voluntary Community Centre and her passion is to help women in need. She was recently awarded Women of the Year Award in 2020 for her services to the community. Today, Julie's going to explain to us where your money goes when you buy Brave Bird knickers or contribute directly to a charity, as well as sharing a little bit more about where her bravery stems from personally and why she's dedicated her life to support and uplift women and families in need. So lots to talk about. Wow. <laughs> that doesn't sound like me. That's me, is it? <laughs> In a it's nutshell. <laughs> it's, it's funny when people do a bit of research on you and they read it back and you think, wow, yes, I suppose I have done all that. Um, you have done all that. I have. I have. No, it's lovely to be here. And um, it's lovely to talk about 
um, my sister's house and what it does for the community because we are one of, you know, there are lots of women's centres over the UK. I'm not the only one. We are the newest one and we're, we're in our eighth year now. Um, but my sister's house supports women with all sorts of multiple issues like abuse, poverty, mental health. And if you have all of those, you have um, major disadvantage, of course. Um, and, you know, that's what we do. That's what we're about. We're about helping those women most in need at the time they most need it, holding space for them. You know, sometimes we're the first person that's really listened to them. And that's the power of what we do. Sarah sent me over some research. She sent me over research because she knows I couldn't be trusted to do it myself. Anyway, I was having a little look about like, your ethos and what, what the charity does and, and who it calls to and all the rest of it. Um, and you know what? Through the whole thing, it was all about trust and safety. And I think that's when people come to you, you're offering those two things, aren't you? And, and without that foundation of those two things, they're so vital, aren't they, to these women? I mean, you know, the whole ethos of the Women's Centre movement is about safe space. And, you know, we're gender specific for that reason, that it's safe to make a disclosure, it's safe to come in here and not say... Um, you know, call the police now, this has happened to me. You could come in here and say everything that's happened to you and we would talk to you and help you make decisions and the way forward. And that's, you know, a really crucial thing because it's about women having choice, isn't it? At the end of the day, and, and you know this, Lucy, when the chips are down and you're in, in a really bad way, sometimes you just want to come in, offload, talk to someone, maybe get a bit of advice, but most of all, it's being heard and listened in a safe place and building up that trust and, and making it work for you in the place you are. Um, and that's, you know, that's what the staff do here. It's absolutely crucial. And that's the way, you know, the best thing ever here is the connection. You know, it's the connection to real people that really care. And, you know, it's not about, you know, me professional and you client with a problem, is it? It's about reciprocal working. You know, we're no different to you at the end of the day. Um, you know, and a lot of my staff has suffered domestic abuse in recovery of, suffered loss, suffered poverty, you know, being disadvantaged. So we don't sit in, in a kind of, you know, ivory tower saying this is what women need because we are the women that come through the door. So that's what we do. And this is why, you know, all the money raised is so vital, really. And it's just got a lovely feel to it and it's so welcoming. And you were telling me about the people who you see maybe walking past but not coming in. And, like, it really made me think of, we talk about bravery and brave birds, of those women who are summoning up the courage to maybe talk for the first time and taking that step through the door I mean I'm sure that yeah when they come in they must they're being brave but they must feel terrified oh right? absolutely I mean one of the things I always remember um a lady telling me was that you know for many years it made her feel better the fact that we were here and she would never come in but she would also walk past and see it and think well they're there for me when I need them and I'll make it in one day um, and then, you know, one day she turned up. This is how I know the story. One day she said, I was outside and I walked up and down for like 20 minutes. And then the next day I walked up and down for 20 minutes. And then I went and did something. 
finally she comes in here and the minute she crossed the threshold we always call it the crying mat because literally she came in burst into tears got you know someone sat her down at our kitchen table which is our ethos made her a cup of tea you know and just listened to her and you know and when she said to me you know I didn't have to come in for me to feel better that you were there And that's just like really, really amazing stuff. Because of course it does take so much bravery to come out of situations that you're not happy in and so much bravery to cross our our doorstep. I mean, you know, one of the things we did ages ago was put um, that, I forget what you call it now, you know, like the 3D inside the centre thing. That's on our website because a lot of women said, yeah, so lots of women really find that helpful because they can see behind the door. <laughs> so that's kind of like a bit of help. But, you know, I train all my staff that no woman comes in that door and spends more than a millisecond before someone will go up to her. So, you know, there's not like a long wait for the receptionist to look up or anything horrible like that, you know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. When, when people talk to you... Um, do you feel that they need sort of what happens about protecting them once they've spoken to you? Because saying something out loud and saying something so raw and personal and actually frightening, saying it out loud, um, it's like ripping the plaster off, isn't it? And, and that can it can really uh, cause a tsunami of emotion and also backlash you know, what if someone saw that person go in? What if, what if, what if? Um, is is there, are there ways women can be sort of protected within that, you know, being able to make that first step? Because it's so hard. Yeah, I mean, there's two points there. The first one is that, um, you know, as part of our work, if anyone discloses something that there's risk factors to it then we will do the risk assessments we will do the safety planning so even if they are going home and they're going out that door we would have done a whole bit about how to make it safer you know what to do when you're home how to avoid um you know problems at home and if problems to help and we teach them techniques like um we say about mobiles that you know with your friends you learn a phrase that if you text him the phrase and he got hold of the phone it wouldn't matter but they on the other end will know like you know my daughter needs you know don't forget you were going to do that party dress for Lucy or whatever and you know you that would he would look at that and go oh yeah whereas you know the friend getting it would know that you're in trouble so it's things like that that we that we teach as far as the second point which is you know having disclosed that that is in the skill of my staff because obviously you know their ability to manage that disclosure and manage what happens next is why my staff are so expensive (laughs) because they're highly skilled but they're wonderful we love coming in and flashing them our knickers and you know they're all so friendly and welcoming and obviously there's such a team group mentality there like you said it's a we it's not a them and us we're a collective of women looking to support each other and we we love seeing that you know we didn't want to go no (laughs) it is the most beautiful feeling in here yeah and you know yeah, when you when you think, you know, 
when you think like, um, for example, you know, I lost both, um, I lost my mother during the time of setting up the Women's Centre and then three months later, my brother and half of the staff have lost their mothers over this last eight years. So, you know, inside the centre is a lot of trauma, a lot of loss, but I have to say it was the best place to be if you were grieving. You know, if you've got to go to work <laughs> when you're grieving. Hmm? It's like a real, I suppose it's like having, um, I just said it's like a core, isn't it? It's like having a a real base, a real foundation, going back to the security and going back to the um, safety and and the trust. It's, that's what it's built on, isn't it? That's, that's the whole thing. Women come in and not only the women coming in, the women already in there, aren't they? They're all sort of building this, this, this rock. That, that protects and that, that holds so many women down. It's amazing. Yeah, and I think, you know, in a way, we have a bit of a lighthouse sort of role, don't we? We're out on social media. We're, like, shining the light going, you know, you can, you can come out the other side of this. Whatever you're suffering, you know, there is, there is light at the end of the tunnel, but you need to come in and make that first move. You need to, to get that first help. And often some of the things we do, and that's the beauty of a women's centre like ours, is you can have something like Crafternoon. That's no threat, is it? I think, oh, I might join Crafternoon. It's like, I'll go and do a bit of knitting, and a bit of a natter. But of course, the staff use Crafternoon because they build up that trust, they build up that support, they they build up that kind of, they're safe, you know, and that's when you get the disclosures. But those are soft entry points. I don't have to go in and say I'm being abused. I just go to Crafternoon. You know, it's a beautiful thing. That is amazing, yeah. It really is. And it's accessible, as you say, that's just opening another door which people will walk through if they wouldn't walk through directly into your centre. Mm. And I suppose you probably get people who say there, uh, who'll come, sorry, and they'll sit there and not necessarily open up, but just being in the space is powerful. Because I think that about any times you're going to make a move or you're going to make a change, first of all, you kind of observe it. And then to be around other people and to see how they express themselves or things that they're doing, then suddenly gives you this... <gasps> Maybe I can do it too. So mm. those group meetings must be... Yeah, you know, I mean, we, we've got one lady in Crafternoon. It took her six months of going every Friday to sit with the main group. She would arrive and sit in the furthest table on her own. And it took her six months before she joined the main table. When she finally disclosed what was happening, it's a high-risk domestic abuse situation. But, of course, she would never have said that in those those early days of sitting as far away as she can but just getting that feeling of being with people is what built her you know built her up Mm. when you say that story immediately my heart's like oh have you just started crying because I fucking have (laughs) you bugger yeah it, it it did it did it did the same to me and yeah oh don't right okay but it's just so emotional and that 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 take your time but that made me think of you as well as a person julie and this is something that's came up the the uh, the other week on our podcast about your role as this beacon of light, right? So you started this centre, you've been heading it, you've been the driving force, you have been this lighthouse. 
And I know that you're working off your heart's passion and you're driven and, you know, you're incredible. We've met you. But I also recognise that a part of that is really hard. So, yes, it's fulfilling because you're helping people, you're supporting people, but you're also seeing a lot of pain. And I was wondering, you know, how, how you know, do you deal with that or how do you feel about that? Or, you know, is that true for how, mm. how it's been? Yeah, I guess... I guess we all in here hear really horrific things, see really horrible things. I mean, a woman walked in two days ago and she was bent over double and she couldn't stand up. And um, he'd attacked her two days before and it was the first time she could get out, but she couldn't stand up. She has such serious injuries across. So we see things, we hear things. And I, I think what's works so fantastic in a women's centre is that you know, um, you know, we talk together and we share that. And if I can't cope with it, another member of staff will cope with it and not be affected. Not because they're not human, but different things affect you in different ways, don't they? So that's how we cope with that in here. The other thing is that it's fueled me. It's absolutely fueled me. Every time I see a woman like that or I hear a story, and there have been times when I could have wrapped up my sister's house and gone, that's it, I've had enough, you know, in the journey. I mean, I remember being at a show years ago now, and it was like I was on my own. There was no volunteers helping. It was pissing with rain. Just what? I just thought, I just thought, oh, my God, I... Yeah. <laughs> oh, Julie, <laughs> welcome to the bad language. I, oh, <laughs> it was taking me, you know. Yeah, and at the time, at the time of what was going on in MSH, and I was running out of money, I was running out of steam, I was running out of, you know. And I remember sitting there at this blooming tent selling something, and somebody came up to that tent and went, can I buy one of your books? And started talking to me. And she was in a highly abusive relationship and was a, a very senior accountant in a accountancy firm. But listening to her story and her disclosing to me was just enough to, to fuel another couple of years. You know, it's like, it's like sort of, it sounds a really weird thing to say, but it's a, enough to re-engage me in, you know, why I do what I do. And I guess the more, the bigger you you make something the further away you are from the cold face so I have to have that engagement to do what I do no keeping it real Julie aren't you you, you literally yeah it's it always <laughs> keeping it real and you know whoever works for my sister's house has to be has to be like that if they don't have the passion I won't have them working for me they have to have the passion for the cause they have to have the empathy and and the skill and the ability to hold space, the ability to take it on the nose. You know, some women come in here, they're so angry. You can understand why. You, you're just like really cross. And you're really cross at everybody, the world and their auntie. And you come in here and the staff are getting, you know, full-on angry person. And it takes a really good member of staff to bring that down and go, look, should we just have a cup of tea? You know, let's just take a breath. Let's do some breathing you know and then they're in tears and then they're sobbing and then you know the crisis is over and that, you know that's a skill in it that's a and that's what that's what we do um from a personal point of view of of how I've managed to do it and I mean there have been times personally you know I mean I was in uh, as I say grieving um for you know a long time and it was really always showing up you know I could have felt 
really bad, but I would always show up. And, you know, often I would say, I haven't come this far to only come this far. You've achieved so much and helped so many people. What do you think it is in you that gave you that drive? What What is it about Julie that's done this or...? Um. I guess, you know, and it was really interesting because when I set up, I didn't realise why I was setting it up. It was only when I wrote the book in 2019 and I wrote so much that I realised why I set it up. So originally, um, I was just driven to because I had related experience and I could do fundraising and I had all the ability to do it and I could see a gap. But it was only later years that I kind of... um, writing the book and doing some other stuff, realised that obviously my my house, you know, where I lived, my brothers were abused. So I always had at the root of it, I guess, um, that it would have been so much better for my mum if something had been there. So that's the fuel. Um, and then I think I don't ever want to see a woman in need not have somewhere to go. So that was the second thing, because there have been times in my life previously where it would have been nice to have gone somewhere like that and asked a question or got some help. So it's kind of tapping into that. And and then I could do it. So why not me? So I thought, well, I, you know, that's what fuels me. I know I'll I'll do this and set it up. Um, And it's paid so many dividends to me. Oh, my goodness. You know, I'm very lucky to have experienced it all. Mm. You've been um, yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> it was meant to be. It was. It's <laughs> amazing. Yeah. And I think, you know, whether you're woo-woo or not, and I believe a lot of laws of attraction, of synchronicity, I've had the most amazing things happen. Um, you know, we we were at our brokers, I think, in year two, and this woman just turned up and gave me £10,000. I've had the most amazing stories to tell. And I always think there's some kind of divine intervention that just carries this on. I always believe that something will, that it will go on. You know, it's just like, I don't know, like something else was, you know, um, kind of, you know, behind it. And I don't know what, because I'm not like churchy sort of person. Yeah. And grace, I guess. Yes. But also damn hard work, Julie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Very much (laughs) hard work, yeah. For people who are going to purchase the knickers... Um, and we'll be donating a pound from every pair sold. What kind of things will that bring to the centre? One of the most amazing things about this is it gives us choice because when I get grant funding, I have to do specific things. When I get money like you'll be giving and we're getting from the sale of the of the pants, it can go into a pot where I go, we really need this. We're going to employ that member of staff. Or I've run out of funding for my receptionist, but I've got this bit of money. Or, you know, I, I need to fund... Um, more staff so I can open the drop-in in the evening or on the Saturday. It's that beautiful freedom of having the money to put it where it's most needed. And, you know, when I think of the money in this centre, I always like to make it really clear. I, out of 26 staff, 25 staff are on the front line of the service. 
So it's very, it's only myself and and an an office manager that are not frontline. So all the money coming in is paying for our frontline drop-in centre, our, you know, our what it costs to have expensive staff that do risk assessments you know that kind of stuff really important that you know we're not that big a charity that we waste money it's the other stuff it's the other stuff that builds up isn't it it's oh god just getting enough making sure that there's tea coffee sugar biscuits just just running the building itself and 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 allowing the people to sustain absolutely and it's incredible. Oh, I mean, you wouldn't imagine some of the costs that come out of here. And things like laptops have a really short life. And, you know, if you want staff to be flexible, honestly, the laptop cost in my life is like... I went into an office today and Fiona said, you're not going to like this. Take a deep breath. <laughs> you know, someone spilt water over their laptop. I know, the life and times of exotic... The exotic world I live in, you see, oh. I'm dealing with a woman that can hardly stand up one minute and a laptop that's had water on it. It's, you know, yeah. Like I've seen you've got, like, you know, things to help people's dental hygiene or, like, sanitary products, or you're actually there, you know, with things that people really need, practical things, and I suppose... Yeah, so we give out free toiletries, yeah. free... And, you know, we give out food vouchers, clothing vouchers, we give out nappies baby food we give out so much stuff and you know they just come to the door and ask for a toilet free toiletries and we we give it out we have all of that and of course sometimes we run out of one item like you know in the toiletry bag you have a selection of everything well if I haven't had any shampoos donated I have to go and buy it Mm. to go in the bags so you know this is this is the kind of thing and, you know, it's about, uh, we've got a women's empowerment fund. You know, we'll use some of this to top that up. And that's giving money out to women, you know, at their most crisis point. Like, you know, if you drop into our drop-in on Saturday morning because you've got, you haven't got any money for your, you know, electric thing. What's it called? You know, the, a meter. Yeah, the key thing. Yeah. And they've got no money left. They've got no food. They've got no toiletries and they, the electric's off and they can't cook a meal and they've got no money left till Tuesday. Then it's things like that where we're, we're top up the electric meter, little token for them. You know, we give them Tesco vouchers, we give them all the stuff so they can go shopping that afternoon. I mean, one of the ladies we did the other day, we gave her a £10 voucher for a quill because... Um, you know, she was so cold and the landlord wouldn't put the heating on and she was in dispute with the landlord. And she came in and she was so, so cold. So we gave her a Tesco voucher for a quilt and blankets and she went off and bought that. Yeah. It's stuff mm. like that that makes the world go round. It really is. It makes such a difference. Yeah. It, it, it gives people the power to do it, isn't it? It gives people the power to come forward and do more if they are able to just do the most simple things like wash their hair. I mean, if you think one of our ladies come in and she knocked on the door and she said, look, me and my five daughters, you know, and they're like 11 to sort of 17, you know, I've been washing our hair in fairy liquid. I've got no money until, you know, four days time. Could you spare some sanitary stuff and some toiletries? And it's you know, and we let them free in the cupboard and they just load and all these girls are loading up the stuff and it's the sanitary stuff. What I love about your centre though as well, it's the feeling that 
it that's anybody anybody can end up in that situation so mm. there's no ever any judgment or thoughts about who might be presenting because there's no type of person it's just circumstantial why people end up there that is so so true and you know I love the fact that um you know we don't ask a ton of questions I we never I say to staff when I train them up if that woman stands on the door and says can I have some toiletries you go and get her toiletries and you give them to her because it's taken so much bravery to come over that door and go actually I'm really struggling why else would you do that mm. if you if you want to buy stuff for drugs you've still got to take a brave pill to stand over my door and go can I have this or the other so whatever the circumstance you know and you don't know sometimes people can look affluent and have lots of money and it be the severest financial abuse and that's what's going on and if you've got financial abuse and he's giving you £2.50 a week for everything you know one of the ladies was given £2.50 a week for all her needs well what can you buy for £2.50 a week so she come in here for the sanitary for the hair stuff for the toiletries food vouchers clothing vouchers you know oh, thank yeah. you for coming on and talking to us today. Yeah. I'm glad you're moving closer. <laughs> yeah, and just for giving us also meeting news, helping drive what we do, and you and you know, you're a Shiro Shiro, we call them not heroes, Shiro, and your team of Shiro's down there. And just well, thank from you today. for choosing us. I mean, you know, we are, are very humbled and honoured to be to be part of this and you know, part of this idea because it's just fantastic. It, it's just such a lovely thing um you know and we'll really value every pound you know we're we're not that big we're a small organization and this kind of money's good stuff oh that's so nice to we're know. So, we couldn't we couldn't give it to anyone else we're really excited about you getting the money and us being able to do it we can do it we can do it <laughs> Oh, it'd be amazing. And I think, you know, I think it would be really good to have some kind of um, joint marketing thing. It would be really good, wouldn't it? Because we can keep promoting you, but that's not the same as us, like, being involved with it in some way, you know. Thank you, Julie. Before, yeah, is there anything you wanted to add before we finish off? Because I know we've covered a lot today. We've covered about the centre. We've covered about you personally where your drive comes from we covered bravery is there anything else I think you know I always like to end things by saying that you know there is there's always a way out of things Mm. it's just speaking to the right person to get that that different viewpoint and when you when you're you know when the chips are down and you've got not very much self-worth and you feel pretty crap it's hard to think about the solutions. So you need to come in, ask for help, you know, and and that way, you know, somebody else with a clear mind can go, well, actually, this is possible. And then that gives you a bit of hope, doesn't it? Thank you, Julie. When I grow up, can I be like Julie? <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today. To show us some support and help us reach more people, please leave us a review. And why not recommend us to a friend? And remember, the conversation does not end here. We're excited to get to know you. 
and for you to mix and find inspiration within our Brave Bird community. Find us below by clicking on the links to our socials. Thanks again for listening, guys. And don't forget, wherever you go, always wear your Brave Bird knickers.